It's Wednesday, everybody. It's a rainy Wednesday, actually, and it's 10 o'clock. So it means it's time for Tim with Tim. I'm glad you're with me. God bless you guys. Are you good today? Uh, we're in Isaiah chapter 63. Isaiah chapter 63, only 19 verses today. Um, Isaiah chapter 63 really kind of divides up into, uh, I'd say, two sections. These first six verses or so here are very distinctive. This is sometimes called the Divine Warrior Hymn. The Divine Warrior Hymn. It's like a, a hymn, a song of praise, uh, praising uh, God as a divine warrior. Uh, and uh, like I say, it really stands alone here in this particular passage. Now, it is connected to what we finished yesterday in Isaiah chapter 62. Remember how in verse 6, Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6, where it says, I'm going to post sentinels on the walls. Again, watching for God to come. Uh, again, we're praying for our nation, praying for God to come and save us, right? And so we're placing sentinels on the wall, and I'm not going to rest. I'm going to give God rest. Remember all of that? So we got sentinels on the wall who are watching for God to come. So in chapter 6 to 3, we're going to pick up right there, and there's it's it's continuous. He says, who is this who comes from Edom? Who is this who comes? Um, that's the sentinels kind of cry, you know, the sentinel, the, the watchman on the wall is like, you know, who's coming, you know? So anyway, who is this who comes? The divine warrior hymn that's inserted right here follows on that whole idea of sentinels being posted on the wall. Who is this who comes from Edom with his clothing stained red? Um, this is a very bloody hymn, make no mistake. Uh, the divine warrior here comes uh, having trampled out the grapes of wrath, you know, uh, so, so to speak. Treading the winepress alone, no one was there to help me in my anger. I've trampled my enemies. Uh, I, I know. This is the kind of passage that really turns some people off. They're like, yeah, that, that, there's that bloody God of the Old Testament that I just don't have anything to do with, you know. And I know from our perspective, it's really hard to praise a God who comes dripping in the blood of enemies, the blood of people that he's trampled. Uh, it's, it's not, this wrathful picture of a vengeful God is not really something that we've uh, felt drawn toward in, in our particular cultural Christianity. But I just want to remind you, we we have never lived where they live, so we've never really felt what they felt. And we don't know what it is. I mean, I'm speaking from a United States perspective. We have never been conquered. We have never, as a nation, been humiliated. We've never been destroyed. We've never seen our cities reduced to rubble. We've never seen our churches burn to the ground. I mean, we just never, as a nation, I'm not saying these things have never happened in very local, you know, sort of, you know, towns, regions, very isolated incidents. We, we don't know what it is for our nation to be flattened by godless enemies. And so, you know, this chapter 63 comes from that perspective. You know, these people who have seen the wicked, you know, on this rampage through the, through the earth and destroy, you know, the righteous, the people of God. And that frustration of, 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 of you know, where is God and why is this happening? And so here you have this wonderful picture of the God. It's a bloody, you know, God, yes, but... He's coming with the blood of your enemies. He's finally come to do what you'd always prayed he would do, and that is come to save you, deliver you. 
But if he's going to save and deliver you, that means he's going to have to do away with your enemies. And that's the point. He has, you know, forever, you know, vanquished the enemies of God's people. It is I, the Lord, announcing your salvation, he says in, in verse 1. It is I, the Lord, who has power to save, you know. I also remind you, it's, 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 it's a metaphorical kind of hymn. And the whole picture here is this God, you know, who has the power to destroy all of our enemies. You understand what I'm saying? And so this divine warrior hymn has, you know, this God who comes finally uh, to deliver his people, to conquer their enemies. And so he is on this bloody rampage against injustice. And he says, I, I came because there was nobody else. There was no one else who has his strong arm, no one else who has his power to save. Uh, so again, if you can kind of put yourself in the world of the oppressed, in the world of those who've never had anybody stand up for them, then the idea that you have this powerful God who knows you and who's on your side, you know, that is a rather encouraging and an important word. Honestly, if you're talking about a God who doesn't have this kind of power, then I don't think he can save us. You know what I'm saying? And so verses one through six are this divine warrior hymn, and it sort of stands alone. Now what follows picks up in verse seven. It's a very different kind of prayer, a very different kind of prayer for deliverance. And, and what starts in verse seven is gonna continue all the way through chapter 64, verse 12. So when I'm starting now, we'll continue all the way through what we'll finish tomorrow through chapter 64. Uh, it's a very different tone. It's a very different uh, prayer. It's just very different kind of, you know, prophetic writing here. I would say that verses 7, just 7 to 19 in chapter 63, where we are today, um, this is the, uh, the perspective of the adult child. The, the adult child perspective. Um, when you're small, you have no idea what your parents do for you. You have no idea how they love you. Uh, you're just carried and you are fed and you are watered and bathed and clothed. And you just think that's how the world works. Uh, you don't think about this mama, you know, who works so hard for you. You don't even imagine the sacrifices that your dad makes. Uh, you're, uh, it's, it's, um, you're, I'm not saying that there's something wrong with it. When you're a child, you are immature, and for that reason, you are self-centered. You, you don't even imagine other people and their needs. It's just all about you because you're a baby. And so uh, you expect that from a baby, but often with maturity comes this adult child perspective where we're able to look back and see you know, the sacrifices that, our parents made the, the way they loved us. And in chapter 63, verses 7 to 19, I see this adult child perspective. It's a it's it's a child looking back and remembering tough love. You know what I mean by tough love? That's when the parent, the, the we'll say the father has to draw the line. Uh, the father has to take drastic action, not so that the, not to drive the children away. You know, in the story of the prodigal son, for example, the father doesn't, you know, make the child leave or allow the child to leave, you know, because he doesn't love him. He allows the child to leave so that the child can come home, you know. And so here in chapter 63, it's the same thing. God's unfailing love, but it, 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 it's a tough love. 
It's the adult child perspective that says, man, in, in, in our suffering, he suffered. You know, your father probably once said to you, I'm telling you one thing, this hurts me a whole lot more than it hurts you. And I'm thinking at the time, I don't think so. You know, you're on the other side of that paddling. I'm on this side of the paddling. You know what I'm saying? We don't understand what that means. But here, you know, there's this understanding in all their suffering, in the children's suffering, in all their suffering, he also suffered. You know, it's it's God's great love. But again, it's 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 a tough love. God has been so good to us as children. I mean, this is the the, the recognition that comes here. You know, I mean, everything we have comes from Him. Psalm one hundred, you know, says. Uh, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. There are no self-made women or no self-made men. And God makes us. He gives us everything. And he is so very good to his children. And why does he do all this, you know? Well, verse 8, because we're his. We're his own people. We're his own children. He does it because we belong to him. And God always cares for what belongs to him. But but notice how it goes. But but they rebelled. The children rebelled against him. They grieved his Holy Spirit. We rebelled and brought him grief. And so for that reason, the relationship changes. That God's love is tough love. Again, not because his love is conditional. That's not what I'm saying at all. His love is constant. And that's what it says here. I'll tell you about God's unfailing love. It's constant love. But when you are the rebellious child... You perceive, you experience the relationship with the Father very differently. Have, have you had that wayward son or daughter? You know, I, I have not. But as a pastor, I've you know, had many, many church members through the years who, um, who I needed to take a tougher love approach, you know, to, you know. I've had guys call me from jail who wanted me to get them out of jail because sometimes as a pastor, I can't, you know. They want me to come and get them out of jail and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, what kind of, you call yourself a man of God, what kind of pastor are you? And they don't understand, you know. I'm doing this out of love for you. This is love, you know. Uh, yes, you know, I, you know, I'll do anything to have you here in church with us and I'll do anything to have you, you know, walking free, but, but, but that's not where we are. That's not that that that's not the way this relationship is right now. Because you're rebellious, you you can't be trusted. You will harm yourself. You, you know what I mean? And so, the relationship is very different when you are the rebellious child. And and so this is where the the song goes in verse eleven. They start thinking about the days of old and saying, "Where is he? You know, where are you, God? You know, where are you?" When are you going to come and bail me out of jail? When are you going to come and give me money? You know, when, when, when are you going to do for me like you used to do for me? And again, I'm just reminding you, it's, it's, it's that tough love of the father who now has their very rebellious children and his love hasn't changed. Did you understand what I'm saying? Am I making sense? His love hasn't changed, but when you are on the other side of tough love, it doesn't feel like love. You know, it doesn't feel like love at all. Verse 10, you know, it feels like he becomes the enemy. God's not your enemy. It feels like he's fighting against you, but he's not fighting against you. Like, like I say, it's tough love. That mama, that daddy who's going after tough love, they are not an enemy to their child, or, you know, their son or their daughter. They are an enemy to whatever it is that's, that's harming the son or daughter. You know, I, I'm not coming against you, but I'm going to come against your addiction 
with, with a ferocity, you know, to try to separate you from that habit that's destroying you, you know. And in, in, in terms of Isaiah, that's our sin. Oh, God is for you, but he is fiercely opposed to your sin. And so if you choose your sin, you're going to find yourself on the other side of a God who is fiercely opposed to sin. And that's going to make you feel like, oh my goodness, is he fighting against me? Oh, no, no, no. He is still fighting for you. But the closer you cling to your sin, the more of his wrath you're going to feel. His wrath is poured out against sin. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I I love uh, the final prayer. It starts in verse 15. Lord, look down from heaven. Look down from your holy, glorious home and see us. Where is the passion and the might you used to show on our behalf? Verse 19. Sometimes it seems as though we never belong to you, as though we'd never been known as your people. Uh, That's where some... Uh, Isaiah 63 ends, but that's not the end here. Verse 64 picks up right there. As I say, this is continuous. It's not a hard stop here. Uh, Chapter 64 tomorrow is going to pick up right here. So hang on to that question. Sometimes it seems like we never even belong to you. As I'm saying, that's from the perspective of the rebellious child on the other side of tough love. But uh, if this is what it seems like, that's not how it is in us. Uh, Isaiah 64 is awesome. We'll pick up right here tomorrow. Man, I love you guys. I, I'm sorry, I've gone over. I love, I just love this. I, I, I love, uh, I just love what Isaiah's doing here. I love the way Isaiah itself as a book begins to you know go toward this amazing ending. And I'm glad that you're with me. So listen, have a great Wednesday. Stay warm, stay dry, and uh, stay in the word. And I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim and Tim. Love you guys so much.